Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. I feel like Copiers Plus can go into Bank of America Stadium and do an assessment on how things have been very inefficient when it comes to coaches. I have a feeling like Drew and the crew at Copiers Plus can help out with like, okay, okay, here's what you've been doing wrong with your coaches. Let's upload them to the cloud. Maybe that will work this time. Because nothing else seems to be working for the Carolina Panthers after they fired yet another coach, Joe. Maybe, just maybe, they could say to David Tepper, you know, you're trying to do too much <laughs> because because you don't know what you don't know. And he doesn't know football. <laughs> you so don't maybe, know what you're doing. Let so the you know football what? people handle it. Let copiers-plus.com yeah. handle these decisions for you because sometimes it's just best to ask someone who knows more than you. All right, let's not let's not waste any time today. Ha! Famous last words. Let's just get right into the David Tepper press conference because it was classic David Tepper, dude. Not answering questions. At, at one point, he did bring up bringing music to Charlotte again and all the events that are taking place at Bank of America Stadium. Hey, we have a new clip, though. <laughs> I'll let you speculate. <laughs> Which, let's get right to it. David Newton from ESPN. I got the first question, and he asked David Tepper, all right, so why'd you fire Frank Wright? I admitted hiring that rule. What were the mistakes in the hiring of Frank Wright? Um, you know, look, every coach that we've had here has been um, – has had contributions to this organization. Um, Frank has contributions to the organization. Matt had contributions to the organizations. Um, and, you know, quite frankly – if I had my druthers, I'd like to have a coach here for 20 years. There it is. There it is. There's the Steeler. Steeler energy. Steeler man coming out of that one. But of course he won't. He keeps firing him. Or 30 years. You know, if I can do that. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into the individual sort of things. Um, you guys can just speculate as to that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we just moved on yesterday and that's that. <laughs> Why'd you fire Frank Wright? I'll let y'all speculate. You guys can just speculate on that. Oh, seriously? What is even the point? What is even the point of this press conference, man? I would have had more respect if he said we're on. <laughs> we're on to Chris Tabor. <laughs> Why is it so hard for him? Like, have you seen the offense? <laughs> Eight of 11 games. They, they scored 17 points or fewer. It's really that easy to say. Oh, my God. Our goodness. offense was completely inept. Oh, and goodness. I hired a guy who took all the plays and run our offense. He was not doing his job. You're just speculating, Joe. <laughs> That's pure speculation on your part. Not really. It's just a number. That's all he had to say. That's all he had to say, but he won't say it. Like, then why? Okay. If you're not going to explain why you fired the dude, why even have just leave, just point to your statement like oh, you put or, on Twitter? Or, or he, if, maybe if we could do that, David Tepper is still pissed off Yeah, from what was it? Week three. Yeah. When Frank Reich gave away the game. Yeah. That David Tepper has got his hands all over this thing. He's yeah. far too involved in it. And Frank Reich sold him out and made him sound like the guy who's really screwing this thing up. That's a dude. That's why he got fired. That's a leftover from the Joe person on the scene report after the loss to Tennessee, where David Tepper was leaving the locker room and just went, Fuck. 
So speaking of Joe Person of the Athletic, had a very good follow-up to the best question. The yep. current state yeah. of the Carolina Panthers. Hey, you guys are 30 and 63 since you became owner. I think it's the second worst mark in the NFL, one of the worst marks in pro sports. You're about to hire your fourth head coach. Do you need to re-eval- reevaluate the way you do things in terms of A, maybe using a, a search firm in this hiring process, but also in how you manage day-to-day operations here? Um, Look, things are constantly evolving, um, and they'll continue to evolve. And, you know, trying to make things better is what you always try to do. Um, Obviously, that record's not good enough. Um, You know, there's no hiding it. It is what it is, like everything in this sport. Everything's left on the field. Everybody knows what it is every week. Um, That record's that record. And, like I said, it's not good enough. We're going to self-reflect and make it better. What was that? Not not an answer to the actual really good question. Like honestly, what was that? Hat tip to Joe Person. Well done. <laughs> so I'm going to scrub ahead a little bit. So bear with me on the podcast. Bear with me on YouTube because he was asked about. It was essentially a follow up to what Joe Person said about. Look, man, you know what can you point to as the owner of the Carolina Panthers that's been successful since you bought the team other than successfully firing coaches? Why do you think there is so much constant churn in this organization and what can you do to stabilize it? Um, it's, you know, that's an interesting question uh, when you talk about that churn and then the what three. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to stop right there. Isn't that the classic? That's a good question. I hate that question. I hate, I hate that you even brought it up. <laughs> I hate what, thank you for making me look bad. Like, why are you being a dick? That's a great question. Results are, you know, for that churn, you, you, what you call churn. Um, you know, every case is something is done here. There's not, it's not just done because it's done by idle wish. There's a reason and there's a purpose and there's a result and the things goes on. When you talk about the, you know, different parts of this, um, this franchise or this building, if you, that you're referring to the business, you're a business guy. Um, you know, when we came here, there were 10 events a year in this stadium, basically plus one or two more. Maybe. There it is. Um, we do, I think we did 42 events Play the last hit, year, <laughs> um, in this field, not counting high school football that we brought back for the first time in the stadium and other things like that, other type charity things. So they're not even counting those sort of things, but major type events, um, brought soccer to Charlotte. This, the stands are full. Um, <laughs> if you were at that last game with Miami, <laughs> He's not taking credit for Messi, is he? No, 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 no. See, there's the brass balls we've all been waiting for. It takes brass balls to take credit for Messi. (laughs) He finally showed us. Basically, David Tepper. It's like six years, but he finally showed us. David Tepper out here basically saying, man, Charlotte was a complete shithole before I got here. What was soccer before me? You had nothing. Just look at my We 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 brought Messi here. (laughs) So good. <laughs> I'm gonna mute your mic while you cop this out. Hold experience on. when Messi came to town, and I think the fans were elated in that sort of, you know, in that point. And there have been. Well, what did you have to do with that? Oh my goodness, this guy's amazing. Like you're right, that is the brass balls. Let's continue. 
highs, you know, and there's been highs and lows everywhere. Every game is a, there's some highs, there's some lows. Gano's big kick, um, you know, when Eric Reed was here for the first game. So it's highs in footballs and, and other places. But when you look at, you know, in, you're, since you're asking a business question, I ask a business question. <laughs> when you look at us and how we have and how we do business and how are we successful in pulling off all these different events we put here? Yeah, we are. And what we've done is really uh, led to higher economic impact for Charlotte. And we look at the future for things like that as things that we might do in the future, whether they're in an entertainment venue that may do 80 more sort of small concerts, three to 5,000 people that will bring t- people down there. We'll bring that here. And we think we brought a lot of econo- uh, economic development into the town. We have okay. the numbers show it. I mean, you know, the numbers. Um, so I don't think that when you look at the management team, and you look at the stability of the management team now, we finally, I think we, and, and, and listen, you're always trying to make it better. But I think we have a pretty good management team on the business side right now. Every time we talk about the Carolina Panthers, it's brought to you by Graffiti Joe. Go check them out. I could use some fantastic bourbon. It's Tuesday. I might have to go to break even night to sip on mm. a little bit something after that. I have a headache from laughing so hard at his Miami thing. I think you have anyway. Go to go check out Graffiti Downtown Cary. Uh, they got great events coming up. I think they got a uh, a Christmas DJ party coming up. DJ Decades in the I, house. I would like to invite David Tepper to come on this program because we put people through the truth serum. Mm. When you are smart, you answer those questions, and you are the better off for it. And he could really use some PR help. Like I, I I'll have Tom. We'll, I'll text Tom Dunn and say, Hey. Here's my, you share my number with, with Tepper and tell him he has an open invitation to come talk to us. You think he'll join us in the beer cave? Probably not in the beer cave, but for real, like (laughs) what he just said, like I, I, I spent a lot of time last night with, with clips that I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I should have put the Billy Madison clip because it's like, we are all dumber for having listened to what you just said. Let's get through some housekeeping before we say hello to Jonathan Jones over at CBS Sports. Um, we got a new shirt. We got the OGNC tripartisan flag that's on BreakingT.com right now. We have short sleeves and we have hoodies. Yes. I don't know if Breaking Tea is going to bring back more holiday deals. Yesterday was Cyber Monday, 20% off hoodies. If you bought a hoodie yesterday, shout out to you. Love everybody who bought shirts and hoodies yesterday. Um, don't worry. Breaking Tea's got some more deals coming on down the line, but I'm really hyped about this shirt. Very happy about this shirt. But I also have another thing, Joe. I need your thoughts on this. Okay. Oh, so, your stickers. So we, we've been making reference to, um, we've been making reference to Dave Dorn saying, shit, just, just be happy we won, right? Shit, be happy we won. There it is. And a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are like, how, please, like, come on, put that on a t-shirt, put it on a t-shirt. I'm like, I don't know if I want to put a t-shirt. However, would you take a sticker? That said, shit, just be happy. <laughs> okay. Put that on your laptop. Put that on a water bottle. So Anna over at SoundOff, who helps with all of our graphics, she does a wonderful job. And she did an awesome job with that OG NC flag logo. She hit me up. It's like, by the way, they're having a glitter sale at Sticker Mule. Like 50 stickers for 20 bucks. Whoa. So I said, let's get on it. Because what says shit, be happy? than glitter. So I put an order in for 50 stickers. We'll have to figure out a way to get those out to people and, uh, and rep. I think that'll be fantastic. So uh, go to breakingt.com slash OG 
And I'll let you know when the stickers come in and maybe we'll put the call out for uh, me to mail off some new stickers. Speaking of the beer cave, if we can get David Tepper to come out to the beer cave at Breeze, that'd be fantastic. Maybe you just need beer uh, on a holiday run. You're headed to a party. It's BYOB. Breeze through. Hey, beer. (laughs) With the pointing into the top beer. That'd be good. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're a legend for that one, Jillio. So head on to the breeze through, or you need coffee because you're slightly hung over from the holiday party. The goodies, headache powder, the dark <laughs> roast, baby. All the good things, man. It'll make it happen. It'll make it happen. So check that out. But if you are going to party and you don't want to drive, mm. you know what you should do, Joe? Sleek fleet. Sleek fleet man. in the house. Maybe you're just going downtown and you don't want to park. Maybe you're going to a game and you don't want to park. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Tyler over at Sleek Fleet, they've got you covered. Check them out. It's sleek-fleet.com or call 919-335-8840. That's 919-335-8840. And I know what you're thinking. Well, there's plenty of rideshare apps that I could use. Mm-mm. No, not this way. Not, like this. not being taken care of. And not quite frankly, I, I got to stop in Mebane to pick somebody else up in my, you know, uh, uh, Ford Festiva. No. Okay. <laughs> Go in luxury and go and be taken care of. And then you can trust Sleek Fleet. Again, it's sleek-fleet.com. Speaking of being taken care of, Whitaker and Hamer can take care of a whole bunch of legal issues. Attorneys and counselors at law, check them out. WH.lawyer. <laughs> I've definitely tested those. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. Yep. You have done that. WH.lawyer. Um, yeah, Josh and Josh and Joe, they do such a great job. Now, now that we are clear of the OG tailgate, we need to start planning the OG Tecmo Super Bowl. Very excited about this. In fact, we need to have a meeting at Shady's. Yes, we Let's do. make this happen. Yes, it's do. a big shout out to Whitaker and Hamer. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. We're moving on. Let's, let's move on from David Tepper not answering questions to saying hello to Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports NFL insider, who will answer questions. JJ, what's up, man? What's going on? I promise that I will answer some of your questions unless I don't like your questions and then I'll beat around the bush. And if I don't want to answer a question from you, then I just won't call on you. 15 minutes, 15 minutes. I think he took seven questions today. Well, it was going to be 10, right? And then they like forced their way into two, one or two more, right? So why even do a press conference? Uh because you have to. Yeah, I guess. I guess right. I'll let you speculate. Yeah, thanks for letting me speculate. That's, that's we're, good. We're going to get into that then. I feel like, and I started the podcast by saying this, you tell me if I'm off base. This feels more like a mutual mutual parting of ways, a conscious uncoupling between David Tepper and Frank Reich. I, like, I could understand if... So, all right, how about this? When Matt Rule got fired... The building, there was relief in yeah. the building, right? No question about it. In talking with folks, there's not relief in the building that Frank Reich is, is fired, right? They didn't feel like they were under Frank Reich's thumb. Uh, they appreciated him as a person, as a human. They realized that things weren't going well, and it was a lot of people's fault. Um, so if you want to say that maybe Frank is relieved, perhaps, but there's not that relief in the building because I think very unfortunately for everyone with the Carolina Panthers organization, because there's not a specific thing outside of ownership that you can point to and fix, um, I think it's a crap. What are we going to do? Mm. 
Okay. They need to invent a fast forward button, as I've been saying for the last three weeks, <laughs> and just get through this season and try to make some better decisions in free agency because they don't have any draft capital. Well, I mean, is is twenty four going to be any better? I mean, it has to it has to be better, right? Than this they have to right? score more than sixteen points a game. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I mean, it, does anyone considering their their lack of capital, considering the investments they've made into the offensive line that are that are regressing right now, considering the pieces at wide receiver, like you just can't swap out 10 other guys on the offense, right? You're going to have to keep a lot of these pieces. Even in the best case scenario where you hit on everything, Mm -hmm. is this more than a six win team next year? So that gets to the central question about David Tepper going forward. Um, When he took over and he decided to move on from Ron Rivera, which I think everybody understood it was time for Ron Rivera to move on from the Panthers organization, trying to go in a new direction. Tepper famously talked about how, hey, man, are you willing to go through five years of suffering for 20 years of success? You know, this is a guy who I guess through osmosis feels like he's picked up things from the Pittsburgh Steelers who made headlines by actually firing a coordinator in the middle of the year. I mean, that's the first big, time since 1941. Think, think about that. OK, <laughs> but he actually has not executed on the very thing that he said from the jump. And instead, he's shown this impatience. So at this point. If you learn lessons or if you're supposed to learn lessons, do you envision a scenario or is there talk around the league that David Tepper is going to hire a coach and a general manager who are on the same page, clean slate, and then give it the exact time? I think this was one of the biggest reasons why not to fire Frank Reich right now was because what do you gain from firing him now versus what do you lose? And what you lose is any ability, if you're David Tepper, to look someone square in the face and have them believe you when you say, I am not impulsive, mm-hmm. I am patient, right? If he gave him till the end of the season, I think a lot of people would look around and say, that was a one-two win Carolina Panthers team. It didn't work out. Okay, you admitted your mistake and that's it. To fire him before the Denver Broncos fired Nate Hackett and before the Jaguars fired Urban Meyer, right. after the rule deal, and, mm-hmm. and along with the Charlotte FC, and we can continue on and on, and, and what happened in Rock Hill, all of those things, you can't, no one cares what you did in the hedge fund world. You cannot look at anyone in the face in the sports realm and say, I'm patient. So like, this has knocked the Panthers' job down, I think pretty incredibly. And I do believe that the guy who is going to take this head coaching job is either going to do it for money mm-hmm. and or that person truly believes in Bryce Young. That's th- that. Those are the two things you you have to either believe both of them or at least one of them. Otherwise, you cannot take this job. OK, so I, that's a that's a two prong question. Uh, that I can bounce off of here. So let's talk about the Panthers job in general. The, the general sentiment is there's only 32 of these jobs available and everybody wants an NFL head coaching job. I agree with that on principle. And you can negotiate with a owner be like, hey, man, I don't believe you. If you really want me, I need more guaranteed money. Everybody makes their money. Everything's all good. However, and I'm sure you're hearing this too. I thought it was pretty eye opening hearing Adam Schefter yesterday on Monday Night Countdown talking about how, I think his word was bloodbath in terms of how we're going to be dealing with all these openings in the NFL. So it's not so much that David Tepper's the problem is that there's going to be a lot of availabilities. And it gets to your point about where does the Panthers job rank 
when you have seven jobs available? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I hear that, hey, there's only 32 of these. And, and implicit in that is, well, you better take it if it's offered to you. There are bad jobs, right? You, you guys, both of you, um, considering your circumstances, had opportunities to take bad jobs. Hey, there's only a few of these out here. Sure. And you decided not to take them. And you decided to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you don't have to do it. And, and so I, I do actually disagree with that entire theory, principle, and logic. Um, because you can take a job. And then you can be in the job for one out of the four years of guaranteed money. And it's great that you have millions of dollars, but you are known and your family is branded for forever as you were a failure. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't know how much that's worth. Um, and so I do disagree with that. It could be a bloodbath, right? I think any season we're between six and eight, I, I could see on the absolute low end, I could see six jobs okay. being open. You know, I also saw Schefter and obviously it is a it's an estimation. It is uh, an incredibly educated estimation that it could reach nine. I think if all the dominoes fall in the right way, if there's a retirement in there somewhere that, yeah, we could get to nine. Hmm. But that's even the point. Right. In that. okay, there's only 32. Well, if there's eight openings and you're good enough to get one of them, aren't you good enough to get one of the other seven, too? Right. As well. Or if it's not right for you this year, won't you still be good enough? next year which gets to the second part of this is bryce young enough of a sell for a coach to take the panthers job because i think that's the other part of the equation what is the general view i mean we can have our opinions fans can have their opinions but the football knowers what do they think of bryce young the football knowers the majority of folks that i spoke to had bryce as their top quarterback Now, not every team is fully, fully evaluating these quarterbacks coming out like the Carolina Panthers had to, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, if you have your quarterback already, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you're looking at the quarterbacks, but you're not spending a week in Alabama on the quarterback, right? But um, I I do believe that the majority of the NFL had Bryce as the top guy. So if – and look, CJ's playing incredibly well. All that's good, fine, and well. Just like the Miami Dolphins found a guy who believed in Tua Tagovailoa when a lot of people did not, a lot of people around the league did not, and you may still not believe in him, but they're winning, mm-hmm. and you found a coach who knows how to bring out the best in Tua. There, there are humans that exist who are really good at coaching who can get the Carolina Panthers job that I believe believe in Bryce Young. I, I do. Now, do those people want to go to Carolina – and everything else that's involved there to be determined. But I do believe, as evidenced by a couple of years ago, the Dolphins finding the guy who believed in Tua, there is going to be a very good coach who believes in Bryce Young. A couple of things. Um, I think as as the David Tepper apologist of the, the only one <laughs> in the world, even Jerry Jones turned everything over to Bill Parcells. Like he had a phase because everyone told him, hey, you're okay. really fucking this thing up, dude. And what did he do? He went and got Bill Parcells. Mm-hmm. Even Daniel Snyder had a Joe Gibbs phase where he went, you know what? You're really fucking this thing up, dude. Go get somebody. And he hired Gibbs. So Tepper, I don't know who it is. Someone's going to say to him, hey, man, you're really fucking this thing up. And he's going to hire somebody. I'm marking it down right now. He's going to hire the nervous bird. He's going to hire Harbaugh. So because to your point, though, JJ, to your point, if you're Shane Steichen, if you're Ben Johnson, if you're one of these young it play callers, you're going, buddy. I ain't coming to. I ain't coming to rescue you. 
it's got to be someone of that stature, the Gibbs, the Parcells, that it's it, it also becomes very clear mm-hmm. to Tepper. Okay, you know a whole lot more about football than I do, so I'm gonna I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna do. So I, I know exactly where you're going with this, and in fact, I've spent the last 26 hours talking to people about this. And here's here's how I can see it happening and not happening, because your logic is is sound. It's that David Tepper has tried any number of ways, right? He had the veteran, respected head coach in Ron Rivera. He brings in Matt Rule, and he brings his buddies from Temple and Baylor in, and he's going to revolutionize everything with a seven-year contract, right? And, ha, we got one over on the Giants. Okay, that doesn't work. So now we're going to bring in this veteran coaching staff, this all-star coaching staff with 200 years of experience, and this is going to work. And no, it doesn't. Also consider that they've tried every single avenue to figure out the quarterback position, right? Everything. Sam Darnold, the bridge quarterback in Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, bringing back Cam, all of those things. So now, as Harbaugh was calling the Carolina Panthers last year, I reported this, and there was not mutual interest because David Tepper and the Panthers organization had just come off of Matt Rule and a coach who ran things and people and morale that was really down. They didn't want anything to do with it. Now, Every successive year of your ownership, you lose more games, you win fewer games, and you may not care about all of the warning signs that come with Harbaugh and bringing him into your organization and giving him control. You're tired of losing. You're tired of standing up there and ignoring some reporters' questions and only taking questions for 10 and a half minutes, and you just want to win, and you don't care what the morale is. Under that sort of logic, I can see it happening where it was never going to happen 11 months ago. Could it happen now? Why not? All right. Who made the decision on Bryce Young? This, Everybody. This, this keeps coming up that, ah, well, no, Frank always wanted CJ. Oh, somebody got overruled definitively. How did that happen? So, uh, you know, Scott Fitter and Frank Reich, they kind of joked back in the spring that they were playing their cards close to their vest and they didn't want to say it to one another. And then one time they walk into the room and they kind of look at each other and it's like, it's Bryce, right? It's Bryce, Bryce. Okay. All right. It's Bryce. Everyone in the building, maybe there was a person, maybe there was one person who didn't actually have voting power who thought CJ Stroud. Everybody thought it was Bryce. And now, did David Tepper also believe it was Bryce? And does, hey, ownership, the guy who's always around, he wants Bryce. So could that impact a decision in some way, subconsciously or otherwise? Sure, I'm not going to discount that. But when Josh McCown is at the Ohio State Pro Day and C.J. Stroud is throwing and he comes up to him and he's like, hey, maybe we'll see you in Carolina in a couple months. Like, that's what coaches do with these young guys. They say those things, and maybe he meant it. I'm sure he did like C.J. Stroud. Maybe Josh was the guy who wanted C.J. Stroud. I don't know that. But that isn't proof because he said some encouraging words after a nice audition that they all wanted him. And oh, They were going to play basketball together. That's what it was. <laughs> right. I'll get you now, what, what, is, what is working against David Tepper and why no one believes him is because of how meddlesome he has been. He has not earned the sort of benefit of the doubt. And so as soon as things start to pick up, and like, hey, maybe Frank wanted someone else. And look, I'm in this football rumor mill every day, guys. And I, I get these texts, and all of a sudden it's like, no, these rumors that go around the earth faster than the truth and all that stuff, like that is what has happened. But I can tell you in April and in May, and in June, before we ever knew that C.J. Stroud was going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year, that everybody in that building wanted Bryce Young. Okay. 
Okay. About the rumor mill. And we can wrap up the conversation with this. I know you're busy. We always appreciate the time. As Joe and I were talking about earlier, it's so awesome to see you all growing up. Super Bowl promos. Grows up. Glasses on with the Vegas fountain, the Bellagio. You've seen the promo, right? JJ looking good, man. Looking good. Although you topped it with the Houston Oilers fashion show that you did uh, not that long ago. Anyway. It's, it's tough being on a runway with Nate Burleson, I can tell you that. I don't know, JJ, I've known you for a long time. David Tepper likes to talk about bringing all these shows and the pizzazz to Charlotte. No, you did that, Joe. You did that, JJ. You did that. All right, now here's the thing about the rumor mills and you, you got your text messages going and all this other stuff. And we hear about David Tepper being this meddlesome owner. Aren't they all? I mean, isn't Jerry Jones in the same boat? At, at this rate, it's the only it's the only difference between, say, Jerry Jones and David Tepper is that the Dallas Cowboys are the Dallas Cowboys and that's America's team. They move the needle all the time because that's where I wanted to go with this is the bigger problem with the Panthers, not necessarily the owner, but the Panthers franchise itself in a city that does not just go like nuts for a football team. Understand the question. There is there is certainly apathy as someone who grew up outside of Charlotte um, and and loves the city of Charlotte. Right. Unless the Charlotte sports teams are winning, it's going to be hard to fill up that that stadium. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's there's no question about it. I now live in Boston. I go to Celtics games a lot. And like th- there's never, ever like chance from the other team. Right. And I would go cover Hornets and Bobcats games and like Steph and LeBron and Kobe would come in and like you would think you're in their home arenas. Right. No question about it. Right. Um, but also I don't think that the franchise is cursed, right? Like it, it, it's no, 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 no. I, that's not where I'm going with it being cursed. What I'm getting at is there is, there is culture in other cities. Like you say, you're in Boston and we're, we're having honest discussions, like real discussions about Bill Belichick and whether or not they're going to fire him mid season. Cause that's the mentality. It's sure. the mentality of. All right. How he, do you? He did lose to Tommy DeVito. Yeah, I know. There's a rule, man. Hey, hey, the pizza, the pasta. Hey. So that's what I'm getting at. And you were in Charlotte for a long time. You grew up around there. Joe and I have been around here for a long time. We know how North Carolina sports tend to operate with the ebbs and flows of interest. And that's the worst thing that can possibly happen to a franchise, just like we've seen it with college athletics around here. It's the worst part of I don't give a shit. That's the big issue that I think David Tepper has to overcome. Not that he's meddlesome is that ultimately people go, man, I can, I can spend my time doing something else rather than going to the Panthers on a Sunday. Yeah, sure. Right. And I mean, who, who was around? Remember when they got rid of cam and then Keekley retired and then Thomas Davis went somewhere and then Greg Olson went to the Seahawks and like they had to keep McCaffrey and they had to pay McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though, the right move before they paid him was to trade him. Sure. That was the, that was the football move. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't do it because they couldn't look the fan base in the eye and say, Hey guys, all of your favorites from the last five years, they're gone. Yeah. And so, you know, Bryce young was supposed to be the guy. And if they had Bryce and, and a cohesive offensive system and scheme around him, and if they were 500, right, they'd be competing for the NFC South. Butts would be in the seats. I'm not even talking about being good, right? I'm yeah. just talking about yeah. beating the Tennessee Titans and and moving to five and six on the season. They they're, they could be going to the playoffs right now, and you'd have this young 
handsome quarterback that that could sell jerseys. But instead, they got the coach wrong because the owner got it wrong and everything flowed from there. So, um, no, I mean, there is a there's a very obvious common denominator. And you're right about the Jerry Jones, but you're also like, look at Jimmy Haslam. Right when he took over the Cleveland Browns a decade ago, he made so many of these same mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then he said, "You know what? I'm gonna let the football guys do this now. I'm gonna come in when we're gonna sign Deshaun Watson to a full cool. guaranteed contract. But other than that, you guys got it." You bring up the Browns. You can bring up the 49ers as another example of this too. How many coaches did Jed York go through? Sure, a, right. like a like a three year span, including right. including Harbaugh. <laughs> by the way, yeah, I forgot about the Harbaugh aspect of that with Jed York there. And now they've got Shanahan. And they got a team that looks like they can be, if provided they're healthy, sure, be contending for a Super Bowl. I know Joe's got a ticket for that, so he's very much knocking on wood because you want to you want to bank your winnings on Christian McCaffrey and his health status. It's brilliant. Nothing could go wrong. Brilliant, Joe. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. All right, Jonathan, we appreciate the time, man. And uh, it'll be an interesting six weeks left in the season. We'll talk to you later. All right, fellas. Big thanks to Jonathan Jones for hanging out with us here on Ovias and Gilio. JJ, big time JJ, man. You see those Super Bowl promos with JJ? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he's our, our baby boy. I know. He's all grown up. It's all so grown up. All great to see. Um, I totally lost where I, my train of thought. I know why I lost my train of thought. You were thinking about comfortable hoodies. You were thinking about Christmas gifts. You were thinking about amazing jackets. You're right. I was so like, you were thinking about the Christmas gift that I got you, the big four shirt. I kind of got lost and wistful over the big four Wake Forest champion shirt that I was wearing yesterday. It was so comfortable. I'm also going to call shenanigans on that shirt now, by the way, that I was was thinking of it. Why? NC State only lost one basketball game that year. How are they not the big four champions in 74? I thought it didn't count. <laughs> no, they, they, I'm not saying those games didn't count towards the ACC standings, but NC State only lost one basketball game in the 73, 74 season. Is it like a, uh, is it kind of like that Helms Foundation thing? Is, is that I what we're doing with the big I, I four? I don't know. I'm claiming it. I got thinking about right. it. I got to thinking about it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you miss Cyber Monday, no big deal. Homefield still has some great deals between now and Christmas. So get your holiday shopping done. Check them out. Homefieldapparel.com. Again, that's homefieldapparel.com. And you might actually find yourself coming out of the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, et cetera, Hanukkah, and you've been doing some hosting and you realize, man, this house just isn't getting done for what we need. So we got to buy a new house. There's a lot of new construction. And guess what? Hometown Realty is all in on right now. More than 60% of their business is in new construction. More, they have six locations from here to the coast. They will take care of you. More than 250 agents. Awesome website. It's myhtr.com. Toggle right in the middle. Buy, sell. And just in case you need a little math help, there's a mortgage calculator up there too. It's myhtr. Speaking of calculations, you might do you might be doing some calculations when it comes to hosting a holiday event and you don't want to cook. No worries, because Butcher's Market has prepared meals. You got this fridge. You want the lasagna, you want the ravioli, you want the manicotti. Hey, <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Tommy I DeVito doing his thing, Gilio. I still don't know where that comes from. But I don't know where it comes I'm from either. Make the pizza. <laughs> you make it the pasta. I make it they have the pasta at the butcher's market. So they they also have a, a, a bunch of other stuff that you can get to. But don't sleep on the prepared meals. All right. At the home base, uh, I've been a big okay. fan. They had a chicken marsala that was Excellent. Oh, yeah. Excellent. 
This is also a winner too. Oh, the hangover stuff? The morning recovery. <laughs> oh my God. I can attest Sunday only happened because of the morning recovery. I love that. I love that. Anyway, go check out the Butcher's Market locations across Triangle and in Wilmington. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline columnist for the News and Observer, he is Luke Takak. Luke, does Tom Dundon have enough money to buy the Panthers from David Tepper? So he can start making some decisions. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Uh, I think he probably has enough money. I don't think he wants to spend it on that. Tom Dundon's really good at finding other people to help pay for things, which is mm-hmm. like, uh, I mean, to his credit, he bought the Hurricanes, you know, single-handedly. He, he he's doing the arena development with partners, but him and a friend of his from Dallas leading the way. But I think an NFL franchise or a major league baseball team, he's been pretty clear that he'll put some money in or he'll be the front man. But I mean, the the what were we talking for the Panthers here? Billions at this point, even yeah. though they've been running to the ground like a old pickup truck. Uh yeah, I mean, I don't know that he wants an NHL franchise and an NFL franchise and a potential baseball franchise, although we all know that that's a, a bit of a long shot. Uh, but he, you know, people forget this and I don't know how widely reported it was, or if anyone noticed what I wrote, but when the other bid for the Panthers was going up and I can't remember the guy's name, uh, the kind of the losing bid, Tom Dundon was quiet, very quietly a part of that bid. He was putting money into that bid. So he certainly tinkered with the idea before. I'll just, I mean, I think whether it's Tom Dundon or you guys or whoever, I think, you know, uh, anybody would be a better owner for the Panthers right now. I mean, you know. The, the Richardson family. Let's bring them back. <laughs> Get the Ouija board out. See what Jerry Richardson has to say. I mean, there's still Richardson's floating around. We don't, yeah, we, but he fired him. We don't Remember? necessarily need Jerry. I, I look. Did Jerry fire the kids? That was the, devil you, the devil they you know. Fire their kids. They all fire their fail sons at some point in time, right? Yeah, so we've just argued basically for putting Fredo in charge of the Panthers. But could it be any worse? Um... It can always be worse. Yeah, things can always get worse. That's, that's one of that's my truths. Right? Yeah. I, walk, I walk right in. I walk right in. You <laughs> can't always. All right. You can't always get let, worse. Let me be the one person on the planet who defends David Tepper. Okay. 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 Because we've we've seen we know what appallingly bad owners are. Mm-hmm. Okay. The the dude with the Clippers, Dan Snyder, mm-hmm. right? Like these are your extreme examples, sure. right? What what has David Tepper done? That is so far out of bounds thus far. And 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 I respect Scott Fowler. And you you really have to go way off over the deep end for oh. Scott Fowler to drop the hammer on you. Yes. I, I will point that out, Charlotte Observer columnist. But like adding the interim coaches and acting like they've had six coaches in six years, like, come on, man. He yeah, he's well, fired three guys in five years midseason. Right. Ron Rivera had to go. He fired three guys in yeah. five seasons in midseason, right? right. So here's probably yeah, poor form. Yeah, I'll give you the hiring, hiring coaches makes you a bad owner. I got news for you. We consider George Steinbrenner to be an unbelievable owner. Mm-hmm. He fired guys at the at the drop of a hat and then brought them back a week later. So I don't. No, I don't think that's what makes you a bad owner. I think making bad decisions about coaches that you then have to backtrack on makes you a bad owner. The Matt Rule hire was bad from the start. Like you didn't have right. to be. Bill Polian to see that that was never going to work. Um, look at Charlotte FC. It's an expansion team, and they fired their coach. Like, you have, you literally are starting from scratch. You can hire anyone you want to be your guy, and you made the wrong hire when you literally couldn't screw it up because it was going to be your guy either way. 
the mm-hmm. failure to keep Steve Wilkes, who had built a culture and an identity and actually shown that that terrible roster could do something if it was properly motivated and properly schemed. That's to me, that's a firing. Like if you don't keep Steve Wilkes there after what he did, that's a firing. And it, look, it's not just the hiring and firing of coaches. The interference at the top of the roster, the veering from quarterback to quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold, that's mm-hmm. all from the top. The decision to trade up for Bryce Young, don't give me any of this happy horse bleep that that was Frank Reich's decision. That's an owner who thinks he knows the NFL, who's been pushing all of the big buttons and then letting the small ones suffer. If he would hire a GM, and that, look, obviously the ship has sailed on Scott Fitter. Yes. We all know that at this point. Yes. I think Scott Fitter is actually a good GM. I think if you look at his early tenure, the things he did to build up sort of the 15 through 53 on the roster were actually really good. But when you have to start giving away draft capital because your owner wants to push all the shiny buttons on the little Merlin thing, that's when you get in trouble. And trading up for a quarterback in a year where there is no clear number one quarterback is an ownership failure. That's bad asset management. You've traded away what is now the number one pick in the draft for a guy you're not even sure is your quarterback of the season, let alone the future. Meanwhile, C.J. Stroud, the guy you were so smart not to take, looks like a potential rookie of the year. Uh, well, to, to push back on that, you could put C.J. Stroud on that roster with Frank Reich and the way he was running things, and he's not having the kind I of guess, season he's I having. Guess I don't think Bryce Young's having a great year with the Texans, though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about Bryce Young another time. Uh, I would say this. I don't think, and, and you, Luke, you and I have talked about this before, how there's a whole generation now of people who are played Madden Right? There's two generations of people who played Madden yeah. and think I can coach in the NFL because I played a bunch of Madden, right? You have a whole, you have two generations of people now who own fantasy teams who are like, you know what? I could run an NFL team because I've won my fantasy league. I, all I'm saying is we got a, we got a bunch of people telling everybody how stupid David Tepper is when I would, I would venture to argue. I just traded Luke Drake may in our fantasy league. Okay. So Drake may in our fantasy league. So I don't think David Tepper's doing anything different with the Panthers than nine out of 10 people with that much money yeah. would do. Yeah. Like to act like he's somehow like going raised scorched earth on some sort of proud franchise, which by the way, has never had consecutive winning seasons before mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I, maybe I'm triggered by Scott Fowler because gosh, if, if Scott Fowler is ready to kill you, then <laughs> man, I got to be on the other side of that. And, and I, I, when I tell you, do I respect need, him in chapel. I really do. I love, I love the father son combos at the, at the Charlotte observer, I, the jute, the greens and the Fowlers. But man, if you've lost, I mean, that's like losing AJ Carr. It's like losing. It's like it's like losing the Pope. Like you can't lose Scott Fowler. Do we need to get Scott on? <laughs> but I'm like, I gotta go the other way just because, like, okay, everyone's saying this guy's this bad. See, you know, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. He's running you this are. team. He's running this team the way most people. I figured it out. Who, no, who I, I'm, I'm I figured it out. I figured it out. Hold on, hold on. I figured it out. Gilio is taking up Tepper like a distressed asset right now. Yeah, yes. Everybody's saying he's my distressed asset and I'm going to be, I'm going to be patient with Tepper. I'm going to be right about this in 10 years, just like the government backed securities. The, the or whatever. Is, here's the difference between Tepper and other NFL owners, Joe, <laughs> oh, yeah. other NFL owners hire good people, the smart ones, whether it's Robert Kraft or yeah. the Rooney family They hire good people. They trust them. They may offer input, but they don't overrule them. And I think what we've seen over the course of Tepper's ownership of the Panthers, 
whether it's Deshaun Watson or Teddy Bridgewater or getting rid of Teddy Bridgewater, there's a Marty Herney, Scott Fitter, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's the owner who makes the final decision or worse, the owner who overrules. And I just don't think, and the problem there is you have a guy who, hey, did you know David Tepper owned a piece of the Steelers? He's a football guy. He's a big time football guy. It's not the Madden players you have to worry about, Joe. It's the billionaires who think they're GMs. Yeah. They're the ones who kill you. All right, let's 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 get away from the depression that is the Carolina Panthers and talk about something optimistic like ACC basketball. Oh wait, no, I can't even do oh that great. because that's well, the heels. That I was mean, a big win. Yeah, maybe it was I, huge. I mean, I don't know. I, I was actually looking Important. at I was looking at Ken Palm this morning, and I'm going to channel my full Jeff Goodman and say, "Oh no, you got no teams in the top ten of Ken Palm." I mean, clearly this is a two bid league. Uh, some there's some there's some bad numbers so far. No, for no, the we, ACC. we haven't. And we're gonna we're gonna decide what we think about the ACC know, this but, weekend with the ACC SEC challenge. But I'm gonna get Luke. Let him go here in a second. But we did, we haven't talked about this. Last year we spent a lot of time talking about ACC basketball. Uh-huh. Just like we live to give Mac Brown a pass, we love to give Carolina a pass. Do you know what the effing problem with the ACC was last year? Carolina was the problem with the ACC last year. They were because they didn't beat a goddamn team out of the league. Mm -hmm. And then when all of those teams inside the league beat Carolina, guess who got no credit for it? All of those teams who didn't beat Carolina. So Carolina beating Arkansas is huge because Arkansas is going to be just fine in the SEC. The SEC is going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. And now all of the teams who beat Carolina get credit for beating Arkansas. That's how the math works. Getting beaten the ACC this year. They're playing 12 guys. It's all good. Hubert Davis finally, has it figured Hubert out. Finally started listening to the message boards. Everything's going to be cool. <laughs> I, I will say, Joe, I think your point actually spirals larger. One of the things we saw the last years in the ACC in the non-conference season was ACC teams. And I'm talking the whole ACC, Clemson, yeah. Georgia, take everybody. Losing games the ACC had never lost before. There yeah. might be a Louisville or a Boston College that lost to Harvard or Maine or some shit like that. But when you looked at remember all those years, Clemson was like 17 and 0 going to the ACC yes. schedule and then went, yes. you know, six and 10 in the ACC. Like the ACC never used to lose to Kennesaw State. The ACC never used to lose to Wofford. And what happened the last two years is it's not just those good programs, it's bad programs. And ACC teams were losing those games. And then what happens is, as you were kind of alluding to, you get set at certain levels. And once you get into conference play, you can't move those very mm-hmm. much. Um, this year, when you look at the ACC's non-conference losses, they're not terrible. terrible. They've lost to good teams. And what's going to happen is that's going to have a spiral effect where when you get into conference play, these ACC wins and losses are going to mean more than they have the last couple of years. Carolina absolutely helps with that. I would argue Virginia last year was a huge part of the problem Mm -hmm. when you only have a couple power programs, because obviously look, Georgia Tech and Louisville are on. You know the the shit okay, going over. I'm on Wahoos now, Luke. Come That's on, right. I'm already those fired are, up. Those are Gilio's calves. Gilio's calves. And Miami did not get a ton of respect until March, no. when obviously the you know we all could see it. But mm-hmm. but you know, and you know what? They, they were what they now. They were what their record says they were. I mean, I don't have them in my top twenty-five. That's a whole different discussion. I think yeah, they're top twenty-five. Way. Which oh, by the way, uh oh, Ernie's not happy with you. Hernando, yeah, so no, Hernando I, I get it. I get it. I would like the to have man, Miami man taking the paper, literally taking the paper. All right, he still <laughs> buys the paper, Luke. So come on, support my dad here. So he's literally buying the paper and he's taking sticky notes and posting it on there and being like, "The cock <laughs> hates Miami." So a little respect for Jim Laranaga, man. Come on. I, 
I have a, I have all the respect in the world for Jim Laranag in Miami. I would like to get them in my top 25. When teams okay. have fought, Joe knows how this works. When teams have fallen out, there have been better candidates to bring in. And Miami's going to get a chance. They just have to keep playing well. I don't have Virginia in my top 25 either. Uh, it's not a sign of disrespect for the ACC. I just There's a lot of teams out there that I like that other people don't. Like I think TCU is really good. I, I may be the only voter voting for TCU right now. Um, I had Drake before they lost. So, you know, I've got a couple teams in there that other other people don't have. And I, my biggest problem is that Marquette fans are like really, really aggrieved at being in my top 10. Like eight uh-huh. is like this huge injustice. And I'm just like, man, the difference between eight and three in this year's poll is like you could slide a, a playing card between those teams. It's like yeah. find what's better the, things to get bent out of shape about. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, at this point, who? What's the difference between one and ten? I mean, I could get if Marquette was, you know, I didn't have Marquette on there or I had him twenty third or something. I, but you know, hey, that's what makes the poll great, right? It's completely meaningless, and yet people absolutely lose their heads over it. Speaking of uh, losing cool, the only thing I know about NC State's basketball season so far is that Kevin Keats got ejected. His kid and uh, <laughs> oh, basketball oh, history. <laughs> speaking of father-son combos a double there right? you go there you uh, go i mean I, honestly that's the only thing i know about state season so far i know casey morsell dropped 28 or whatever it was uh i know that Keats, you, you, you're yada 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 uh, yeah. the most important part here yes there was there's that point about it kevin keats wasn't happy about it he got a little physical at the end but that's honestly it that, that's oh, all actually, I know. no, the best part was Mark Armstrong being validated all of these years later. Oh, that what? BYU is like the dirtiest program. Oh, in the yeah, sure. the women's soccer, UNC getting giving up four goals to BYU to lose in the women's soccer mm-hmm. quarterfinals like an hour before BYU slugged it out with NC State, a day after BYU slugged it out with Arizona. I mean, Armstrong was on cloud nine. It was like <laughs> everybody for one day, everybody in the triangle was like a huge Utah fan. <laughs> I want to I want to close on this. Shouts to Mark yeah. to 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 go back to college football and Jillio. You you talk you you brought up Mac Brown and we've been given Mac Brown in North Carolina the business, if you will, the Ron Cherry business. If uh, you know, based on what happened on Saturday, there's one thing in going back through the comments that I feel like isn't getting enough play. You talk about yada yada yada. I find it interesting that. Mac Brown is kind of now. Do you tell me if I'm wrong? You both of you can tell me if I'm wrong. He's somewhat dismissive slash condescending about his own program and triangle football in general. When he yada yada yada, hey man, we can get to nine wins with a bull, and that's pretty good around here. He keeps bringing up the around here, basically shitting on triangle football, which he's an integral part of, by the way. But in this kind of setup towards the end, when the season didn't look like it was going to go the oh, way hey, he wanted we're, it to go, we're better than we were when Larry Fedora was right. here. Right. Never mind that he's essentially the end, the end hot, of Larry Fedora. Right. The end. But the first five years, it's a Spider-Man pointing meme in terms of records and yeah. what they've been doing in the ACC. So I don't think Mac Brown's gotten enough like side eye over. Well, wait a minute here. That's not why you came back. You didn't come back to do quote unquote pretty good for around here. You came back to elevate North Carolina beyond where it's been. And I feel like Mac's getting a little bit of a pass for that. Here's, here's the problem with the Mac narrative. And, and, you, and I, I think you've, you've captured a big part of it. The problem with the Mac narrative is he won when he came back. Getting Mac back is all anyone at North Carolina ever wanted. It absolved them of all their sins. It cleansed them of all their impurities. He, I wrote this. He, he couldn't lose the moment he walked in the door. Mm-hmm. Just walking back in. 
it 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 was like a 20 year like the men in black memory thing like we're just gonna and so it you know what it doesn't matter if he went six and six every year and had terrible quarterbacks doesn't matter whether he wins a national championship all anyone at carolina ever wanted was mac back to uh, to to fix that error of of putting him in a position where he felt he had to leave for texas mm. and all of that so like to me i i like i get it like He's looking at this going, hey, why would I set higher expectations? Me just being here, that's what anyone, all anyone wanted. Now, the question is, if he doesn't leave the program in a good place, whether that's this year or next year or whenever that is, you know, I think the retroactive appraisal of his second tenure is going to change a lot. But I think he's still riding that wave, man. I think he's still, there is still that, oh, oh, thank God. Mac is back. We're out of the John Bunting, Larry Fedora wilderness. We have our guy, the guy who made us a real football program. At that point, it doesn't matter whether you're a real, a real quote unquote football program again. It's just the it's the it's a nostalgia trip. That's all it is. And the fact yeah. that they have Heisman caliber worthy quarterbacks and not done anything with them, it's like people are just totally willing to gloss over that. It's 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 he's just that you talk about him getting a pass. He gets a pass now. Not all of their own fans, because the discontent's no. bubbling up. I got a, a voicemail from a very, very angry fan who thinks Gene Chizik needs to go and said that Roy's going to have some tough decisions to make, which I don't doubt that Roy has tough decisions to make about five wood or three iron or, you know, is he going to, you know, play play the, play the hard ways or, or not. But um, I don't think the Gene Chizik, unless... Roy is secretly pulling the strings from the. Right. Did, did I, did no, I, did I, no, 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 I will actually... not, I will not let anyone soil the name Roy Williams. Roy Williams' team would never, ever, ever in the history of ever show yeah. up like that trash bag did on Saturday <laughs> night. Ever. That's disrespectful because what happened Saturday was. I didn't was say, I didn't say he was you, responsible for you, that. Not you. Not you. I'm saying that what happened Saturday was the equivalent of Mark going over there and losing by 54. Yeah. Like they yeah. just didn't show up like yeah. period. And I, and we had somebody in the comments be like, I can't believe uh, you, you won't give credit to NC state for winning. Absolutely. I, I have a whole podcast that I'll get into it. Okay. Like that too. We've been spending like, weeks praising NC state, but, but also I've seen this game every year since 93. I haven't once yeah. seen either one yeah. of these teams come into this game and just not be present the way that Carolina was on Saturday night. But I think you guys hit on it in your show yesterday, uh, uh, talking about the the sort of mentality of of being too good for NC State. I think that plays into Max comments too. Pretty good for around here. Uh, well, you know these crappy teams like NC State and Duke were better than right. them at least. You're I think not, that's the mentality. That's the You're not better than them, and I right. and that's the right. part that just drives me insane as to why he, Carolina football. Okay, but he football. was he was. If we're going by Luke's Men in Black theory, yeah, when he left. He was okay. When he left, he literally did not lose to anyone in the state for five years. Yeah, but that was the nineties. So I'm man. just telling you in his own mind, like Luke said, when you walk back in the door, it's oh man. Remember we went five years without losing to anyone around here. The state championship plaque, Kevin best kept it up in the basement of the, yeah. Of, I think they still call it there. It was their Murphy center or whatever they Keenan center. Yeah. They still had the plaque up when Butch Davis was hired. Because I even said to like Butch, like, oh, you you guys won the state championship last year or whatever year it might have been. And it was like, what, what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, it's still in the lobby. <laughs> so to Luke's point, like in their heads, it's 
I'm back. We're back to owning all of you. Mm -hmm. That's the success that we have. That's the, that's their mentality because it was, it was a real, and you were there, you were at the game in 97. Like it was a thing at the time. I remember, but that's like the three of us showing back up on college campuses (laughs) back when we were in the nineties and we were the hot shit Pearl Jam. And we're looking like, we're looking like Steve Buscemi going, how do you do fellow kids? I mean, that's basically Mac Brown right now. That's you. (laughs) But I I think to the larger point that you guys made yesterday and Joe just made, you only see this in football, right? You don't have it. And UNC volleyball is not taking NC State for granted. Uh, (laughs) You know, like like basketball, obviously, neither the women's nor the men's team is going to show up for an NC State game and Mm -hmm. throw an egg like that because they really do care. So what's at the core of that problem? Why does UNC not care about NC State anymore? They certainly seem to like beating Duke at home on senior night in overtime. Uh, why did why did UNC not care about NC State? And I think there's just that sort of mentality. I, I think it, to a certain extent, it's a program that's trapped a little bit in the past. And until it really wants to move forward and get into the 2020s, uh, you're going to continue to kind of see these motivational deficits, the losses to Virginia. And, I mean, how like Joe's put the charts up, the inexplicable, inexplicable double digit losses. No program, no program loses like that. Nowhere in the country. No program is good enough to be favored by double digits against crappy teams and then lose those games. You there the is something fundamentally too. off. Brennan Armstrong also off. sticks it to, uh, to UNC. All right, Luke DeCock, columnist, News and Observer. All right, man, we will talk to you later. See you guys. I mean, seriously, you want to talk to Scott Fowler? I mean, we can. I'm up. just, it's more of <laughs> like Scott. He is like one of the nicest people. He is like truly, he really is it, certainly in the, in the sports writing business. Absolutely. Hey, Cause there's a, there's a lot of assholes in this business, man. <laughs> yeah. Scott is not one of them. No, he is not one of them. Um, you, our listeners, they're great. We tell them to go to wings over. What do they do, Joe? They go to wings over, man. I started my day the right way, man. Did that you was see a great tweet? Did you see Bud's tweet? Yeah. Right, let me pull it up on the screen here. So people know what's going on. So Bud said he just had wings over best lemon pepper ever easy in and out, which I keep preaching. You say the parking in the, in the Raleigh location, the online ordering, it's ready to go. When you get there, they never miss. If they talk it up, then eat it up. <laughs> Shout out to Alex. Who's like, Oh snap. Lemon pepper wet. Yes. Lemon pepper. Wet. That's your choice. That's that your is fastball. my choice. That is my choice. So that's my choice at wings over. And I got great tots too. Don't sleep on the tots, man. That's what it's all about. So every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by, wings over speaking of college football wrapped up the regular season i visited our friend hayes over at mosquito authority pest authority bugsbite.com in the rv lot i was like misting system we gotta talk about this misting system although they also helped you out with termites too termites misting ants mice moisture barriers seriously protect your yard protect your house go to bugsbite.com hayes does not believe in contracts but he does believe in saving you money so punch in your zip code, find out best ways that you can protect your house and save some money. It's bugsbite.com. You mentioned the house. The house is an investment. You want to make sure that that investment is protected. That's why you need insurance, not just for your house, but for your auto as well. And that's where insuregarner.com, the OG insurance.com, Matt Davis at State Farm. Give him a call directly at 919-779-8277. Matt Davis, you want to save, you want to talk to somebody and figure out how to save money. That's the best way to do it for all of your insurance needs. Give Matt a call. Or even better, man, theoginsurance.com. Come on. 
So you have you, you were very proud of yourself when you walked in this morning because when I logged into the StreamYard, I noticed that there was all these things added to the video clips. The video clips are what we use to kind of break the show up a little bit and give me time to like set up the next thing. It, it's all done with the science. And I'm like, what is all the oh no, Joe's been active on the iMovie. <laughs> I thought, what the hell's going on out here with the Oakwood pizza box? I see the back of Anthony with his shirt. So we might as well use this as a transition to Hey Joe, which is brought to you by Oakwood pizza box. You're not going to get your custom pizza, are you? I get my, oh, my, you mean I'm going to lose the bet. You're yes, lose the I bet. am not going to be able to get our name on a menu item at the Oakwood <sighs> pizza box, unfortunately. There's always next year. There is always next year, uh, but I can get a square pizza. I can get the best pizza, not only in Raleigh, but in North Carolina as well. So go check them out. Oakwood pizza box on person street, right across from the world famous Krispy Kreme. My brother's review of the square pizza. Cause I told him to go square, put meatball and a vegetable. And he said, dank. <laughs> so there's your review from my brother. Uh, let's, youth. let's go to Stuart on Twitter. Why are some national writers taking shots at Dave Doran for his plea for NIL donors? I will admit I am spending less time on Twitter, less time on social media in general. Uh, so I missed that. And a couple of people had pointed this out to me. They pointed out Stuart Mandel. They pointed out Matt Brown of Extra Points, who's been a guest on this show before. And when I opened up my email, sure enough, there was a newsletter from Matt Brown, Extra Points, expanding on his initial kind of eye-rolling tweet about Dave Doran pleading for the collective to get together and make sure that there's enough money to keep guys like Casey Concepcion. Now, I, I looked at the tweets and I think what's going on, I think there's a couple things going on here. The first one is this sentiment has existed all season long. It's a sentiment that's existed the last couple seasons when we've come to realize that all this modern NIL stuff, the way NIL is being used right now is essentially, as Matt Brown points out, a shadow salary. Yeah. It's what it is. Yeah. And all, all Matt Brown or Stuart Mandel and others were doing with Dave Dorn, he was just the latest example of people pointing out, look, man, you make $5 million a year. You have this expansive staff with nutritionists and strength coaches and everything else. You have to spend this money because of the construct of college athletics and that it has to go back into something. And you refuse to have it go to the players. And the ultimate point is, and they were just using Dave as the latest example, Joe, the point is, it shouldn't be on the fans to pay the salaries of the players. It should be on the schools who are bringing in all that TV money, paying coaches $5 million, $6 million, $7 million, $9 million to have that money funneled to the players. It wasn't a shot at Dave. It was a shot at the system. And Dave was just the latest example of a coach who's trying to use NIL strike while the iron's hot to make sure that is right. Cause that's, that's top of mind for Dave right now or any coach at a school at NC state's level, man, we got this guy, but with NIL, we might not be able to keep this guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he has his zoom call after a game. He asked for money. I don't, I mean, it is like uh, uh, for a player who basically just won the game for them. Right. Yes. Like he was amazing. Yes. Kevin Concepcion was amazing in the game. So it, again, it's, I, I, listen, I don't, you, you and I from the jump, as, as long as our, as old as our relationship is, we've talked about how the players should be compensated. Mm -hmm. The players should be cut into the money that they help generate. 
you know, we can't really relitigate it every single time. But the okay. truth of the matter is the players should be sharing in the money that they help generate. They currently are not. So um, would I love I would love to see that system change. And I think uh, the Supreme Court would love to see it change, too. They're just waiting for the right person yeah. to challenge it. So just to be to, to put a, a, a bow on this point. It wasn't about Dave. It wasn't making fun of Dave specifically. It was making fun of coaches and the stupid system that's been set up. Because Stuart really follows state. Like he's not wrapped up in all that. No, he's not. Yeah, yeah. he's not. Just like Matt Brown. Matt Brown was calling out Jim Mora Jr. earlier this year for the very the very same thing. By the way, the very same thing. All right, over to Reddit. We had some questions Ooh. on Reddit, no less. People thinking Mac is just going to go when it's time for him to go must not remember his last years at Texas. That's a valid point. I mean, I, I honestly cannot. Because like, I think you and I both look at it from the perspective of, hey, man, you came back, mission accomplished. You had your two cracks at it with these two QBs. Do you really want to, at age 72, just you know try to rebuild this sort of thing, right? But you're right. Coaches are stubborn. Yeah. And it's going to be an interesting conversation if it hasn't already taken place between Mac Brown, Bubba Cunningham and others and Roy Williams, apparently because he's the shadow AD at UNC. <laughs> Start exploring that idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From King Andrew on, tw- on Reddit. Uh, let's see. I appreciate you finding the, the show a couple of weeks ago. That's all fantastic. Not sure if this would be in the works already, but, at all, but would you guys consider doing a yearly review for each ACC team going into the highs and lows, uh, where they go from here? I feel like there's a lot of interest discussing, uh, interesting discussion to be had for many teams with high or low preseason expectations, teams uncertain futures, particularly in regards to coaching, such as Duke, UNC, and Syracuse. Again, love the stream, keep it up. Eh, it sounds like a summer project, could be. I, I was actually, when I was walking, I had to park a little bit further away today because we started a little bit later today. Same, yeah. And what I was thinking was, I loved the, uh, it was Jim Rome, right? Who did the year in review? The year in review. But it was yeah. like month by month or. Yeah. So what he would do in the last, this, they were all pre-recorded. Right. And essentially, but they, were, they were really, really good. They were funny. They were. Yeah. Yeah. So they would kind of go through, he would go through a couple of months in a day and he would do it in the last week of the year. Okay. That's what it was. Well. What I was thinking was our interview with Mike Elko, mm-hmm. we could revisit that. We could. Because we were supposed to be playing bases loaded or all-star. We were, yes, we were supposed not to be. Not bases loaded. We were supposed to be playing. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, well, no, it was bases. No, it was not bases loaded. All-stars, something all-stars. Baseball all-stars, too, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But either way, like, it, was, getting, yes. it was an interesting conversation that we had with him. And I was thinking to myself. As I've told you before, when you were in the newspaper business, you write something, you 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 fire that link out. Hey, mm-hmm. remember I talked to him about this mm-hmm. in the ra- in the radio. You're like, eh, well, we did it. It's gone, and then it's in the ether somewhere. Yeah. Well, we have the best of both worlds here. Mm-hmm. So I suggest we go back. We get all of our greatest hits. We we run through them and and in a year interview type style, like our friends did uh, for the Jim Rome show. Yeah, maybe we should do that. We'll look into that. We got time. Uh, from Melvin's Lobos on Reddit. Can we get a Virginia Tech in the ACC championship game level analysis? <laughs> what if scenarios for how state can get into the Orange Bowl? You keep saying UNC is going to backdoor their way into the Orange Bowl. No, 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 no. Can, can state no. backdoor their way into the Orange Bowl? The problem here. Yes, they can. Now, Florida State needs to obviously make the college football playoff. Yes. Florida State probably also needs to beat the brakes off of Louisville in the ACC championship game for many reasons, but 
it would behoove Florida State, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, then it might inspire, which we'll find out tonight, where Louisville and NC State rank in the college football playoff rankings. Because remember, the Orange Bowl is not a choice. It is. It strictly goes by the college football playoff rankings. Yeah. So the second highest rated team, whether that's Louisville or NC State, will play in the Orange Bowl if Florida State is in the college football playoff. So yes, it Got is it. possible. But it, it, those are the two things that you need to have. You need, first of all, this week, you would need like NC State, which was 22 last week, and mm-hmm. Louisville, I think, was 10. You need like Louisville to be like 15 and State to be 16 this week. And then when Louisville gets their doors blown out by Florida State, which with Tate Roadmaker, I'm not sure it's going to happen. Then you could you could see the committee being like, especially yeah. who's the head of the committee, being like, hey, guys, wouldn't it be awesome if NC State was, I don't know, one spot ahead of Louisville? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, something to keep an eye on. Uh, uh, to the YouTube comments, uh, this is from Albert. For Bryce Young to succeed... The Panthers need to scour the planet and assemble the toughest, meanest, most fiercest defensive line made up of all midgets. That's slightly offensive, Albert. It's only the way. It's the only way Bryce will be able to see receivers oh, downfield. He's I, I was short. Like, he's short. Get it? At first, I was like, "Why would y'all, that matter?" Uh, y'all, the the, 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 whole, the whole short Bryce Young thing is is played out, man. Just absolutely played out. Uh, from Mike on what we can do for the next OG live after dark. Duke UNC basketball games are a very good option. Why not do like a special call-in show one day a week if logistics allow? I have kicked this around. Something I meant to talk to you about. When we get into the new year, because mm-hmm. a lot of things right now are very much, that sounds like a 2024 problem. About Thursday shows being live at two o'clock. Oh, we, oh, at two. At two. Because remember, we publish, we publish at two on YouTube. I don't like the idea of two. My juice is flow in the morning. Right. I get that. Yeah, and I like having the podcast out by mid morning. I do like having, but the YouTube audience wait, tends wait, wait, to what, hang out in the afternoon. What was the one we did do live from the beer cave? Oh, that was at like eleven o'clock, I think it was, or something like that. Maybe no, 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 it was that was no, it was it was at two o'clock. It was yeah, because again, we try to keep the publishing schedule okay at two o'clock YouTube. So we'd have to do it if we wanted to do it live. It would have to be at two o'clock. We could we could talk. No, about don't it. don't talk to me about your juices flowing. Yeah, because. Your ass was fired up on a couple of beers and fireball. Well, I can't do that once a week. Why not? I'm old. Oh, is this going back to the 90s? <sighs> yes. Realizing go, you're, yeah. you're back on a college I campus. Can't. You can't make it happen anymore. You can't get the flannel out weekly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, from Sub Noise, I feel better about the Panthers. Odds to win another game now with Brown being able to call his own plays instead of having to use Rice Playbook. I'm with you on that one. Uh, from Brandon, if Bama beats Georgia, why would Georgia still get in? If Michigan, Washington, and Florida State all win, they would be undefeated conference champions. Alabama, Washington, FSU, and Michigan, in that case, in my opinion. Say it again. <laughs> if Bama beats Georgia, right. why should Georgia still get in? Are you new here, yeah. Brandon? Yeah. Are they'll you both, new here? I think they'll both get in. Even though Georgia's schedule suggests they they shouldn't. I, here's the problem, and, and I outlined this. Mm-hmm. It, it, they're going to go with Kentucky. They're going to go with this. Well, remember, Georgia beat the brakes off of Kentucky. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. well, but did Florida State play Kentucky? No, but Louisville did. And Louisville, and it's like they're they get into this stuff. Yeah. I'm that you, you they they convince themselves of anything. Yeah. When right. it comes to Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Like just right. be thankful Ohio State and Notre Dame have 
fizzled. They have, yes. Yes. Uh, from Richard, you guys really missed how well the Knolls played in a very difficult game in Gainesville. You guys hate FSU so much no, that you would throw comment. the ACC. It is. You would throw the ACC under the bus like that, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. 11 ACC teams out of 14 are bowling this year. FSU has a very good defense. Every team at this time of the season has lost players and have players at less than 100%. We're just, we just hate FSU, dude. Uh, from James, could Duke Florida go after Tony Gibson? Stinks for head coach. No, he State's defensive. No, you know why? He doesn't have any connection to Notre Dame. Oh, that's a really good point. <laughs> that is a really good point. I'll take that. And we'll, we'll close it on that. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. Big thanks to Jonathan Jones. Big thanks to Luke DeCock. We will see you Wednesday. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.